Welcome to the Edgardo Podcast. This is The Dark Ages. Chapter two of Who Am I? I'm gonna call it The Dark Ages. Because I feel during the Dark Ages, I was going through a time in my life where I was just questioning everything. And I think that's what happens between the age of seven to 13 and 21. And then from 21 to 28, you start settling down. And then after 28 to where I'm at right now, you start realizing this is who I am. Let me fix the ones that I, qualities that I need and let me get rid of everything else that doesn't work for me. And then you start picking up the pieces of nothing. You know what I mean? You only go after for what really works for you. And everything else has to stay on the floor. You know, you have to just, what I mean to say is, excuse me, you have to admit to yourself who you've become, your actions, your hobbies, your reactions. You have to be cognizant of how your hands look, how you react to what people say to you. I, I'm repeating myself, it seems. Anywho, welcome to the podcast. The Dark Ages is from the age of 13 through 21. And of course, I will also talk between the ages of seven to 14. And I will, excuse me, I will touch base. Okay, sorry. Over. I will touch base with 
other times of my life, of course. That is very true. I will touch base with other parts of my life. Now, my main focus is during this time right here. Okay, you know what? I think part of the Dark Ages was actually after 21 through 28 because I was afraid of letting go of those pieces. Wow. Well, the talk has started. Here we go. We're we're off and running. Um, Sit down and take notes. I guess the Dark Ages lasted longer than I thought, you know? Because I had the information and I wasn't utilizing 100%. Or maybe I was faking it till I made it. And I don't want to fake it till I make it no more. I want to be authentic from within to win. Oh, did I make that up? I don't know. Let's find out. Oh, you find out. Authentic from within to win. I think I just made that up. If I just made that up, then I'm, I coined that. Mark, this day that I recorded is January the 2nd. It's about 11.49, 11.52. Oh, 11.53. Nice. Um, and yeah, I just coined that. I just came up with that. You gotta be authentic from within to win. And that's where I'm coming from in life now. Just telling you who I am, letting go of the past and, and, and seeking peace with those that I did harm and slowly paying back everything that I can pay back and finding a way to get success and be golden from within outward, you know, truly express myself without censorship therefore you can learn from my mistakes what not to do I will accept my pain and my glory and I walk forward the dark ages was a time where I was just not really willing to understand or if I did understand I was not willing to you know give in I wanted to try it out and test the limits and boy did I ever and pushing it to the edge and always getting more or seeking more you know this is a podcast so I can talk about mostly anything that I want I wonder what is uncensored this is an explicit show this episode will pick up after me learning about sigils it's picking up right here right now you're live listening to Edgardo's podcast and remember last episode I left off about sigils I started learning about sigils in school in in, in high school I met with a young man his name slips my mind it was either a T or a B something and, and it doubts me right now that I can't remember his name it's been that long and I can see his face in the corner of my eye I can see his movement and he's a spirit that we're, we're brothers from a long time ago we were, were it's like when you discover the creator of life you know what I mean you can't forget the person you did it with and apparently I did forget his name but I'm pretty sure it was Bradley or or Brady like like for the sh- for this life of me right now and then we'll come back and I will tell you guys I'm gonna meditate on that I'm gonna go through some pictures um but this was in this is in high school and I made the varsity team and um we we were playing we were learning the maps and the ropes because um I was a freshman but because I was big enough they were willing to put me in the fr- on the varsity team third string because this is Skyline High School and it's better and you're allowed to, uh, to have a third string and I was good online so I was on third string during the varsity games for about a couple of games and the last ones were unfortunately we didn't win the playoff game so we didn't you know 
advance. Yet, <clears throat> excuse me. Yet, we did, you know, play a couple of games and I got to get on the field. And I remember sitting in the dressing room and they would play the videos and you would have to study the videos and look over the, the, the moves and they would talk about X's and O's and laterals and et cetera, you know, how to cover a man. And if, if you're going to go this way, you can take a step this way. And when the quarterback looks that way, look at his eyes and et cetera, you know, I was also a linebacker. They, they used to, that's where I got the nickname Eve sword because I used to cut to the line and my initials were EV and I would cut through the line like a sword. And that's where I gave myself the nickname Eve sword. And, and then I remember a couple of the coaches, he's like, you cut that line like a sword. And I was like, I like that. You know what I mean? And I might be making that part up about the the coach saying I cut the line like a sword but that's generally where Eve sword came from like the idea of Eve sword you know itself now where I'm getting about sigils is that there's a deeper uh level to that you know I present that of course now this is me sharing with you secrets so be sure to take notes you know and remember this is me entering the dark ages and then by the dark ages I mean I'm dealing with you know real entities that are here to empower you and help you deal with your life and they're in your mind this all exists in your mind this is in your mind and you have to push forward like how interesting is that when you realize that it's in your mind you know and right now as I'm thinking about it I'm like oh it's in my mind it's like it, it elevates my heartbeat it opens my pupils you know it, it it also makes me conscious and grateful of being in this reality as a kid because I remember remember in part one I used to, I used to you know study the grass you know I would always want to understand how everything had a pattern which later I learned out that it's called the Fibonacci sequence you can google this you know I, I was always seeking answers now it's me and for the lack of me not remembering the young man's name let's call him Bradley um it's called Tom Bradley <laughs> no I'm kidding let's just call him Bradley um I remember he was coming up with with some weird designs in paper and I'm like what are you doing he's like oh um <laughs> My brother has this book uh, and it's all about creating your own sign. Like, and if you create your own sign, you can, you know, give it power and it represents who you are, you know. And I'm like, wow, that's cool. Did you just create anything? He goes, yeah, you just, he found it online. And then he had a book, but I can't remember the book that he showed me. But it's like the book, I think it was, I think it, it might've been Carl Jung's uh, Sigils and Signs. Or is it Joseph Campbell's Sigils and Signs? It might've been one of those authors. <laughs> because I remember the book had a lot of signs and sigils. <laughs> and, um, excuse me, let me go into my thought. Could've been another author. Anywho, the point that happened next or the next action that was taken was me going home 
And I had a computer, thank God, my mom. I love her to death. I love her. Thank you so much, mom. The least she did was kept us within the loop of consciousness. And I think that was also my pop's understanding of being in the loop. You know, my, my parents were savvy. Like they understood, like you got to at least, like the, the kids need this. And then I also made an argument or a plea of like, I need this, you know? And it was a good thing because I remember that night as a freshman, I went to my computer and I looked up sigils and stuff like, like what is sigils? And I, and I don't know what the laws about being, you know, admitting to crime, but I actually went and, and got on torrent websites like, and I got on the torrent website and I found, you know, Ross Jeffries, uh, signs and sigils. I think it, no, not, it was a Ross Jeffries. Yeah. I think it was Ross Jeffries, but it wasn't called signs and sigils. His program, I can't remember what it was called. It was so long ago now it seems, but it was a gentleman called Ross Jeffries. And I was like, Oh man, this is, they gave me the shivers, you know, like, Oh shoot. Like, like I'm seeking for better knowledge. You know what I mean? I'm a broke, te you know, a teenage kid. Like I don't have money. Like why, why, why am I doing this? Like, well, I want to understand like what he meant. Like, is this a guy that he talked about? And then I also saw, um, who else that I saw? Um, uh, let's see, Dr. I can't remember his name, but it was Dr. Something. Anywho, um, that led me to David D'Angelo, led me to, uh, the mystery school with mystery. And it led me to, um, Neil Strauss. And then it's with Neil Strauss that I related to the most in the sense of, Hey, like this is life. This is actually a power for good if you use it. Of course, the other gentlemen were using it for good. It's just imagine being that character in the Avengers. Let's 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 compare it this way. First, there was Ross Jeffries, and he was Captain America. You know what I mean? He has old school ways, and he's he wants to teach people how to settle down and, and find a family, and and create like a life. You know what I mean? And that's good and all, you know what I mean? The, the nuclear family, I, I, we still believe in that, you know? And then there's the dark side of that, that men take it and they become Captain America, Hail Hydra. And it's all about, you know, the, the smashing and the killing and the destroying of, 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 you know, the, the bad guy, you know, and the bad guy here is uh, your sexual energy. Like you're going to go out there and get laid and that's, that, that's your mission. And girls love that. You know, they love that Casanova guy. So there's a world for that. There's, there's a, a need for that too. So there's those sides of Captain America. And then you had David D'Angelo, the thinker, you know, he was like, kind of like Bruce Banner, like over here contemplating and trying to figure it out and like, what should it be? And, and like, but then once you actually put David D'Angelo's work into play, you're like, oh shit, this shit works. And you come off like the Hulk. Like, like you don't think like you can be as goofy as hell. You can be like down to earth. And that's where like, I started learning about inner game, of course, like really sharpening inner game. Like Ross Jeffries gave me the whole aura of how to present myself. And, and like from there, it activated things from within, you know what I mean? And then when I read David D'Angelo, it actually made me dealt with those things from within, you know, that was, that was kind of the difference because David D'Angelo did that me to Robert Greene and Robert Greene had kind of helped program how to become from within and you should check those guys out. So then you got mystery and mystery is more like Robert Downey Jr.'s character, Iron Man. He's, he's more about the show, you know, like, phew, he's a magician. You know what I mean? He's one of the best magicians, uh, according to his peers. I've never seen him live, so I don't have an opinion, but from what I hear, he's a badass. 
And so, you know, truth be told, we, we should check him out sometimes. Like I should see his work sometime. Like I only know him because of the book and I only know him because of the mystery school online that I got on Torrent and some of his videos and, and some of his, you know, PUA moves. You should check them out. Like, like I won't give too much away. I'm just, I'm just telling you how I feel about these gentlemen that came into my life at a young age and started revolutionizing my mind. Now, Neil Strauss came a little bit later. First, it was Ross Jeffries and David D'Angelo. But within the first year, though, it was just Ross Jeffries for the most part. And he had an entourage of people that ran with him. And I'm trying to remember his name, the doctor's name that he ran with. But I can't remember right now. I have no notes. I'm just going off memory, like I said in the other episode. And so... If Ross Jeffries was Captain America, then he had a Bucky Rogers, you know, and this was the doctor that was with him. And the doctor had a story about being confident in yourself. And, and this is what led me to alchemy, like led me to, for because later I read Paolo Coachello and Paolo Coachello, when I read him, it kind of gave me an idea of what alchemy was. And then it reminded me of this story that I'm about to tell you. And, it, and alchemy kind of made sense. And this, he planted the seed for alchemy for me to understand it later when I read a different book. And now... When I read, when I heard the story and he was saying that, that he was talking to a student, this is the doctor that ran with Ross Jeffries. Uh, if, I remember, if I remember his name or when I do remember his name, I'll tell you. He said that he was going outside and he said, when we go outside, it's not going to rain no more. But the student was like, no, it's raining. What, what are you saying? Like, trust me, trust me. Like, we got to go right now because by the time we get out there, it's not going to rain. We're going to have a time to get on the bus. Like the bus, you know, we're talking, what are you talking about? Like, I might be butchering the story, but this is the gist of it. He goes, yeah, we got to write the bus. And if we get, if we, if we leave right now, we'll get out of the rain, get in the bus in time and we'll be fine. And the bus will get there just in time and everything will work out. And the guy's like, you're silly. He goes, no, come on, trust me. This is what, this is what it's all about, you know? And then, Lo and behold, yes, it's true. They walked down there, the rain was gone and the, the, the student couldn't believe it. And then the bus pulled up, which is the right time by the time they got to the bus stop. And then they got right on the bus. And I don't know if it started raining later or not, but either way, the student was impressed. Like the consciousness wants to be led, you know? And when you finally let go and accept what you're going to become and accept that you have a good programming, then go for it, you know? And this is what alchemy kind of leads to. Like you had to awaken that goal from within. So Ross Jeffries was giving me tools along with the doctor to see myself as I need to be and, and become that self from the inside out, you know? And so then David D'Angelo was sharpening his skills by making me reflect with myself and seeing, is it your programming? Is somebody else's programming? Is it really what you want to like, like, like in the sense of a cultural programming, society programming. And then the mystery school kind of gave me the tools to, to like, to like apply and hack the female system in, in the sense of, I know what I'm doing. Like I'm presenting myself, but like, this is called peacocking. Like I need to get your attention. You know, this is not subtle, but you're liking it. You know what I mean? Like it, it actually brought out the side of Casanova that's uh, poetic and, and eccentric and, and out there, you know? But then of course you have uh, Neil Strauss that I'm telling about later. And he's kind of more like style. Like he goes by, by style. That was his old, old name. And for the most part, he's kind of like vision. And in, in the sense, like he knows what he's doing. He knows he stands for good. Like at first, you know, he got caught up in the game and you can read the book and he started seeing that the dark side of it, like breaking people's hearts and you got to be authentic, you know, and, 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 and the people that were breaking people's hearts is because that they had to, their own stuff to deal with, you know, and, and people grow, you know, in different rates. And you, when you're part of this, you're part of this life and, and you have to allow the good for the sorrow and to pass and pain to gain, like all that is real, man. Like you got to really realize that it's real. 
So here comes Neil Strauss, homeboy ace, you know, he's an ace and at what he does, it goes by style. And he's definitely like vision. Like he's, he's, he came from the mind of mystery. You know, he was, he was mentored by mystery and he took everything that mystery did, but it became more subtle. It, it was a style like, like Chevy Chase in the movie Blue Heaven. He says, Hey man, like you're a good person. Like you, your face is better than mine. Like you even cuter than me. You know, you just gotta look at people in the eyes, you know? And then he also told him about like, you gotta look sharp and the thousand dollar suit, you know, like, like it's not about the price, but it's wearing you. Like, you're like, you're not wearing it. It's wearing you, you know, it has to get permission. I might be butchering that part, but like, there's an idea that, that, that I'm sharing with you. Yeah, I think you get it. You think you captured what I'm aiming for you to understand is that this is, is how you're going to present yourself to the world. And so that's what vision is. Like he's, Yes, what he picks up the hammer of Thor, you know, and that's what's pretty pretty fun about the school, you know. And then there's um, there's Tyler Durden, who I'm, I'm a big fan of too, and I like his work, and then his crew, and then there's another guy that I that I met online, not I met the line, but I saw online, and he had the the meow school, and I thought, oh, this guy's just a ripoff, and he seemed like like he was just doing it for the wrong reasons, and like he didn't really understand. Like you can tell that he. Made me understand that you can tell that people aren't authentic or like they still have shit to work on on the inside that's why their moves don't work is because people recognize that hey it's nice what you're saying like I I like what you're selling me but I don't feel like you're there 100% you know and that's what led me to you know meditating and this all happened within within the ages of 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 and then hooked up with somebody and got caught up in the game and I'll get to that point now back to um learning about the school and the mystery method and uh style you know so here i am a a kid learning my sigil learning from ross jeffries a 13 year old kid you know and i create eve sword but i don't want to tell people about eve sword i want to tell people about drowsy so i turned eve sword around and called and called it drowsy and I do that on purpose because I don't feel I'm ready to present Eve Sword. It's like, metaphorically speaking, when Spider-Man doesn't wear the real suit yet, he's only wearing uh, the watered-down suit because he doesn't have the accessories to create what he really wants to create. But then I'll get to that later. The words, basically the way it works is um, you take take your favorite number, Maybe that part's made up, but I added that part. Maybe, maybe I didn't. Maybe Ross Jeffrey said this part, but you take your favorite number and you take the qualities and the, and, and the things you want to become as a human being and you write them down on a piece of paper and then you take the initials of all those words and the number and you find the common number. And then in the circle, you start writing these letters down and these numbers down in such a way that after a while, it looks like scramble. It looks like it's mashed up, but every letter is in there in, in that circle. And then you got to keep changing that up to start making a design and you got to get lost in it. And you should check out his stuff. Like I, this is kind of mostly a podcast about shout outs to the stuff that I checked out on Torn, I guess. <laughs> but honestly, like you should check out his stuff. It's um, really interesting. You can find him on YouTube now. He's, he's very uh, generous about his material. And he, he, he evolved with the times, you know, just like Captain America. I get that reference, you know, he evolved with the times. And so here I am, a 13 year old kid, uh, 12 year old kid. 
um, what grade am I in? Uh, I'm in, oh yeah, no, yeah, I was 13 years old because I was born in June. So everyone always assumed that I was smart because I didn't feel a grade or something, you know, but yeah, I was uh, 13 years old in ninth grade. And here I am learning about sigils and learning about how to create your own power word. And so then I learned how to create my own power word and I took my initials um, and then I created Eve sword, you know, and each word, each letter represents something, you know, but now all those details were added later, you know, at first it was just what I, what I felt to present was drowsy, you know, and it was just backwards. But for me, you know, it's, it's very powerful, you know, because I didn't want to tell people what each letter represents, you know, so then what's that? What's, what are you drawing? Like, oh, that's drowsy. Cause I, uh, cause I feel, I feel like this, this chapter of my life or what would I say? I can't remember, but I had a whole story. How I had a whole shtick about drowsy, you know, of why I like that sigil that I was crying, writing or whatever. And it kind of allowed me to open up to people. And, and the sigil for me, drowsy was like, if Eve sword is balance, persistence, a positive attraction, then drowsy is, um, experience chaotic, you know, that's opposite of, um, persistence or, or, or positive attraction and balance. So it's, it's experience chaotic and be, and be truthful from within, you know, that's what drowsy was. It's like, there was no need to fall falter because this is, I knew, understand that this is my reality. And if I'm, I, I that kind of gave me like the tool, you know, as a, as a young man, like those ideas that I was creating, like it gave me like the pen to create my own story or the brush to create my own painting. I have a camera to create my own movie. And in the sense I was creating myself as, as, as a man or that I was going to become, or as a person I was going to become. And I just didn't know what I opened myself up to. Um, because with, with all these energies, you have to really be careful what you wish for, because then you start letting the auto programming take over and your instinct will know a difference between the auto programming and the animal instinct at one point. And this is where you do your best to convince yourself to do what you want to do at that moment because you know it feels right and that's where instant gratification can really hurt you in the long term and you can't allow that you know and you have to be more definite with your wishes and so drowsy after time became obsolete and then I forgot about Eve sword even though I tattooed it on my hand in my forearm when I was 18 years when I was uh, 21 years old because I first tattooed, oh no, actually, no, yeah, I was, I was 18 years old. When I first tattooed it when I was 18 years old. I was like, that's it, I'm committed. Like, I'm not going to be afraid of being myself anymore. And balance, persistence, and positive attraction. But then the other words that were within Eve Sword, the other the other words that make up Eve Sword, and you have a definition. There's only a certain amount of words in E, V, S, W, O, R, D. And you basically take every word that ever starts with E, V, S, W, O, R, D, and that's where I get all that power for like that's my concentrated power like there's of course there's so many other words out there and of course the, the number 13 is also part of uh, eve sword so those are those are the three number the two numbers three numbers i'm giving up secrets those are the two numbers that, that i chose to to always carry with me with empowerment and then the third number is um part of the sigil which is which when you add them all up you know these are secrets that i'm telling you like like share share them with people that you love and use them wisely so I am, I opened myself up to a lot of power, you know, a lot of power that was chaotic and 
didn't have a filter, you know, and that's where I'm like, you know what? I created the sigil. I know I can manifest it. So what I needed to do is utilize the, the, what I would call, um, because for the lack of better terms, over time, I just started calling it this, just the barrier of reality or the acceptance of reality. I think it changes over time of what I call it, but this is why I made the catchphrase balance, persistence, and positive attraction. Because if I can't tell people what each E V S W O R D word I chose, then I have to assume that they're all those words and they're all coming, all those words from all those letters and all those actions of each, what letter represents. They're all coming at me. They're all coming at me at the same time. And I have to filter them through to these numbers and they're going to come through the power of that number times the power of that number. Shit. I'm being hit with all this spiritual energy. I got to find a way to balance it and I have to be persistent with that balance and it has to always go through my positive attraction filter and I lost that over time and now I finally as a 32 year old I'm learning how to recaptivate that energy that I created when I was uh, 13 which is pretty interesting because now I'm about to be 33 years old in January um, I realized this and I was like oh man like this is interesting like how this stuff is happening like there is really a science to this reality and you have to allow yourself to experience it to live it and to survive and thrive and become better and teach other people how to get better and learn how to heal yourself from the inside out and you're grateful for the healing you're happy for the healing you're you realize that and you poop it out you sweat it out um that's what you got to do you know what i mean that's what you got to do you pee pee it out you know sometimes you cry it out Sometimes, you know, that's life and sometimes that's reality and other times you'll be a God in another dimension and other times you'll be, uh, I don't know, bacteria or maybe, maybe you might just be this person only you live in a different dimension and everything's animated and you don't realize that you don't really need to breathe. You're just there, you know, and you're like Morpheus and or sometimes you're like Neo and you're being told, you really think that there you're breathing? Come on. So back to the point. So I'm creating the sigil and as a 13-year-old. And then I'm carrying this energy as a 14-year-old. And then I'm like, you know what? I kind of, I'm enjoying high school. You know, I remember high school being about becoming friends with people that I didn't know I could become friends with. <laughs> And I ended up being friends with everybody in the school. Everybody knew me by high, by senior year. I was a photographer and it was pretty fun. You know, I remember being in school, being in culinary arts. Take some water. I remember my mother spanked me really hard to the point of bleeding when I was, let's see, 12. Because I shaved my eyebrows with my cousin Aleli and I shaved my eyebrows and my mother, she was not having no F word on her, in her family. And, and she really was mad. And um, my tia Aya, she came through and she was like, hey man, you don't want to beat up your son like that. She's like, I understand. It's like, yeah, get out of this. Like you beat up your sons too. Like, like, yeah, but like, look, but like, you're taking your anger on him. It's like, not, doesn't everybody like, 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 well, sometimes, you know, they had this conversation in Spanish, you know, and it was like, I was like, damn, like they get off on beating us. You know what I mean? 
but she's like, but you're making him bleed. You know what I mean? Like, like you, you passed the line too. You know what I mean? It was, it was hardcore. They were telling each other that day. And I remember they told me to go to my room and, and then I remember my tia came to my room because my mom told me, if you don't clean that room and clean it well, then you're not going to go to Skyline. You're going to have to go to Woodrow. And I didn't want to go to Woodrow because Skyline was a magnet school and I was, I was going to get more stimulation at Skyline than I was at Woodrow. You know, there's going to be more challenge there and uh, there was going to be more growth there. I saw it, more potential there. It was the first magnet school in the nation. I don't want to go to Townview because Townview seemed to left brain. I don't understand this, this stuff that I was telling you. I just knew in my gut. That's why I chose Instinct in Pokemon Go. I, I just felt very instinctual about choosing what I wanted to choose, you know? And so then I chose to, you know, wanted to go to Scotland because it felt like there was a balance there. Like I, I would allow myself, and plus I had sports and I wanted to play sports. I wanted to continue playing football because I played football in middle school. I played football for the jail long Buccaneers and the Buccaneers were planted the seed about being a pirate. You know, that logo, just the logo itself, which is planted the seed about, you know, what would be, what is a pirate? And then I interestingly, myself got into the into the library with pirates you know what i mean i was the one that was chasing pirates like what are they who are they and they actually stood up to the queen the queen of england used to be known as the queen of pirates it's just true stuff man you can look it up and the caribbean pirates were actually the first navy to protect the americas from infiltrators or or from you know evil doers of england or portugal or spain etc um, even Holland, I think, um, et cetera. Look it up. Like this is stuff is, is real. Like, um, excuse me. You should look it up. I'm, I'm saying what I remember, you know, from what I remember, this is what I remember. Like pirates were actually good people. Like in the sense of, yeah, they did whatever they want, but no one's going to be, <laughs> And basically the joke is if someone's going to make fun of my little brother, it's going to be me. And like, that's where, that's like the whole idea of pirates. But they knew that by you making fun of your little brother, it, it like, 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 oh, I got you. I'm going to beat you. Oh yeah. Like, no, I'm going to beat you. Like, like it's, 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 it's what you do. It's silly banter. You know, it's what you do when you play video games nowadays. And that's what they were, that's what the pirates are with people. They wouldn't steal like Robin Hood from the rich and give to the poor. Cause there, of course there was evil pirates. That's what I'm telling Like, like there was pirates that were out for their own good and they were, you know, they were out to just, you know, kill and hurt people and, and, and pledge and, and rob and whatever. But then there was other pirates that stood up to those kind of pirates, you know, because they wanted to be free men and they wanted to live by their own rules and have no government because they believe that you can exist as tribes. You know, they can, they believe that you can walk this earth as tribes and, and settle down and, and negotiate. And like, you know, it's very romantic, these ideas, you know, like, like it's romantic to think that people can exist in tribes around the world. And from there, the tribes can unite every now and then. And then that those tribes create a state and then the state's um, leader can later, you know, maybe create, you know, the, the nation's leader and then the nations would get together and create world leaders. And then they all respond to the people in the sense of just by respect, not by, by, by money or, or by value or, or X or et cetera. They just respect the people by, by, and maybe they're appointed because a vote, you know, 
or maybe they were self-appointed like, hey man, I'm going to be the leader of this of this state right here, of, of this neighborhood because no one's defending it. No one's taking care of the people here. And then you make sure that no one hurts your neighborhood. You make sure that people don't rob your people. You make sure that you stay up at night and you, you keep guard and then you throw a rock to distract them or etc you know and you really do face fear head on and you really give zero f's you know and this is what you do because it's your city you know and now they did this in the sea of course and they protected the caribbeans and so i looked this up as a 12 year old 17 uh, 12 year old 11 12 year old and and when i turned 18 uh, oh yeah 11 year old and 12 year old and then i turned 18 that's the, the years that i really got into also um being goth and, and like 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 realizing like you know Jesus and I, I took it to the extreme I can tell you like I took it to the extreme like, like Jesus he did, like he's just a prophet you know I used to wear the cross upside down when I would go to school and like I would turn up and like oh man you're so like you're, like you're on the edge I had friends like so edgy I was into comic books I'm like these, these are the gods like if Mary Shelley Frankenstein showed us anything is that eventually we're gonna have uh, transplants from people that die like in car accidents um, breast their soul they give their organs to people that need them because there's there's organ donors do that and that's basically the idea that Mary Shelley said like what if you take all those dead body parts at work could you create a person and, and would they have a soul I wonder if that's possible I wonder if scientists have done that like they take enough body parts from people that are dead and but these dead people are fresh and then they put them all together can you create somebody I, I, I feel like that, that might be a science experiment that somebody might have done in this earth it's not really far-fetched to think that that's the way it it is out there that people will take these chances. So as a pirate myself, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do my best within my power to not allow that. Like that sounds very, you know, torturous. Like let the dead rest in peace. You know, if, 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 if it happens, it, it rest in peace. If not, then they achieve Christ consciousness. Um, why, why play with, with, with that kind of stuff? You know, there's like a morality here, you know, or when you would tax the people to the extreme where they didn't have enough to buy their own food or people's food would go rotten because they couldn't sell it. And then, and then they would, and they, if they give it away, at the very end, like they gave it away at a point where it could be getting people sick, you know, like there's, there's uh, checks and balances to this reality, you know, anywho. So I'm a 11 year old kid in, in seventh grade and I'm learning about the universe because I have a teacher that's putting me in the Renaissance, uh, competition. And basically it's me, my friend, Maria, and we were like some of the smartest kids in school and we're memorizing stuff, Shakespearean, um, poetry and learning about different kind of cultures like Bohemian, Bora cultures. And we're learning about Celtic cultures, we're learning about, um, the Egyptian people were not called Egyptian. They were called, uh, Tim, 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 oh shoot, I forgot about this. I used to know this. You, you wouldn't call an Egyptian Egyptian. Egyptian came later from Greeks, you know, the Greeks, I believe, or the Romans. I think one of those two came up with the, with the term Egyptian. They were called uh, Tijians or Sengians. Um, Look it up. Ah, oh, shoot, I'm rusty. But yeah, they went by a different name. Like, it's like, hey, look, that's that's Eddie. Like, yeah, my name's Edgardo. Yeah, but we're going to call you Eddie from now on or, or E. 
that is some people call me no why kind of yeah like like my homeboy called me e that's a perfect example and then what if everybody started picking up like nicknames and started calling me e and over time no one ever remembered me else by e that shit sucks bro and that's what happened to egypt like right now i'm having trouble remembering what egypt was originally called but originally egypt was called Egypt was not called Egypt. It was like someone gave that nickname and it stuck over time. And that was the Roman or the Greeks. You can look this up. This is super interesting. Anywho, so just like that, like all this information that I'm learning is coming, trickled down from that source of those secrets to, you know, master yourself, be golden from within, out, you know. And so here I am taking all this information from that teacher you know, and I'm learning about the universe and I see the universe and it looks like an atom. I'm like, wait, that's what atoms are. They, they have a, they have a nucleus. They have, wait a minute, what are, oh, they have a, this, oh, protons and what are there something underneath that? And then there is, you know, there's, there's uh, quarks. I think they're called quarks. Um, you can look this up to fact check me. But, the fact is that it was amazing to start learning about this connection that we have with the universe at a young age, you know? And so when I learned about sigils, it just, it was perfect. Cause it was just like, everything starts making sense, you know? But then again, I, I'm telling you like you open yourself up to all these other possibilities and you have no filter for what comes in and you want to experience everything. And so you give yourself a way to experience everything. And sometimes it hurts you in the long run, you know? And I remember not standing up for myself when this kid would come into the locker room um, and he would be like, show me your son, show my penis. And he would pull out his penis and he would show everybody's penis. And I'm like, dude, we're like eight, eight, a 13 year old kids, 12 year old kids. You know what I mean? And you're 12, 13 year old kid. Why are you showing people your penis? Like, what the fuck? And then one time I got in a fight with him. His name was Benjamin. And then my cousin Eric and him became friends. And... I think he's like, he talked talk to him about the kind of person I am. And they're like, you know what, Eric? And they hit it off. And they, they kind of like brought peace between the group. And that was football for us, you know? That was uh, 11, 12 year old me. 11 year old me, I remember <laughs> doing my best to get there in time and realizing the importance of working out and how fun it was to sweat and how much I wanted a six pack because it was like uh, a statement, like I'm healthy, you know, it meant like I'm good, you know, and I never got into men's health. <laughs> I got into the 13 body systems or the 12 body systems. And I would set subscriptions and write different names, you know? And then as I got older, I used different pseudonyms like Tyler Durden did from um, the mystery school. Like, uh, so that was funny when he said, I go by Tyler. I'm like, hey man, that's funny. I, I write down Tyler in my subscriptions because I don't want to put down my real name. But if, because I learned as a kid, I would get subscriptions to BMG Music with my name. And then I would end up owing them money and my parents would end up paying them. And then they gave me lipping like, hey, you can't be you know, ordering stuff like that. Like if you don't have money, like your, your weekend job and working with me, it's not enough money to, to pay. It's for, it's for you, it's for your clothes and for your food and to save up for, for you, for your studies and, and for what you need as a, as a student and for your life. It's not to waste it away. And music, you have the radio, you know, like buy music when you get up, when you get all 18 and you have enough money, you know, that you can buy your own music. And then of course they got more lenient. And then like, they're like, as I, because when I got in high school, the first thing I told them is like, I want to, 
to buy a CD. And then I'm like, well, you know what? You're in high school. You can start buying music again. So then I actually like, she took me, my mother took me to the record shop and I bought my first CD. And then my first CD that I bought was a Pink Floyd, a Piper, um, a Piper in the Gates of Dawn. And it was amazing. Like I took in music because I remember listening to Pink Floyd on infomercials or ads on TV and they would sample all the albums or not all the albums, but it would sample a handful. And then of course my pops would listen to Van Halen. Um, they would, he would listen to Alice Cooper and Pink Floyd would come out on the radio and he would have mixtapes of them in CD form. Uh, maybe two or maybe two or three CDs at the at the most in English. Most of them were Spanish, but the ones that he didn't have in English, they had Black Sabbath, had Iron Maiden, and Metallica. He liked, like I said, Van Halen. Of course, that was thing that was his favorite band. Eddie Van Halen was his favorite artist, guitar wise. Rest was his soul. Not my pops, but Eddie Van Halen. Long live pops. And so here I am, you know, this young kid in middle school you know processing all this and jamming out to Eminem as well you know I just want to make it you know I just want to be there and be in shape you know and we win we we go I think we go regional as a middle school we go, we, we went pretty far as a, a seventh grade football team in the eighth grade football team we got kind of disappointed at the end I remember Ivan blaming me that I lost the game and I was like what we lost together as a team. He's like, no, but it was your play, your your loss. You should have covered him. And I was playing all line at the moment, and I started gaining weight. You know, we would definitely eat a Jack in the Box and go play, which was not quite smart in the long run. But at the moment, it was like, yeah, Jack in the Box, give us energy. And then we would kind of get lethargic, take a nap in the bus, and wake up, and we're like, we're ready to go. So we drink Gatorade, and we were ready to go. I remember that night. I jumped like, you know, the bus system, there's, you know, buses, buses have like these set sections and like these, um, these couches, you know, and there was like levels to this. And so I jumped like at least cause I'm in the front of the bus and Ivan's already four or five seats in. And by the time he tells me this, I'm one seat in and I drop my stuff and I lunge myself over these seats onto Ivan and Ivan is a good six inches. No, I'm exaggerating. Maybe he's about four inches taller than me. And he weighs at least 50 more pounds than me. And But I jump on him and I just start swelling. Bah, bah. And he I can't get a hit in. And then like, oh my God. And everyone's surprised because I'm usually the Zen relaxed. I mean, as a kid, I always presented myself as a being like easygoing, relaxed. I'm not a fighter. I don't want confrontation. I'm here having fun, you know, but yet... I am a fighter. Like I'm ready to go down. If I has to go down, even since a kid, you know, I remember uh, pre that there's a story about me getting a fight in school and I was so savage. Like we were joking around. We're all kids. It's, um, on Roberts. I think I, let me see. I am definitely about seven years old. It's second grade in on Roberts. And no, that's not second grade, fifth grade. Yeah, it's fifth grade, 10 years old. Because sixth grade, I left on Roberts and then seven, no, no, no. Before Jalong was Eduardo Mata, six, four, five. Six, four, five. Yeah, those are the grade because seventh, eighth grade is Jalong and six, four, six, four. Five was 
Eduardo Mata. But now Eduardo Mata does other grades, I think. I don't know. I'm trying to remember. I'm going back in my memory. Five, fourth grade, nine years old. I'm in Owen Roberts in Pleasant, in East Dallas. Yeah. My mom moved me to Eduardo Mata because... I wasn't, because of the fighting, I wasn't stimulated enough. And people, I used to go to the tag and attending gifted class. And I was just always looking for more things to do. You know, I wasn't satisfied. But anyways, there was this fight between me and this kid, Juan. And we were just, we all used to make fun of each other. And then he got hit in dodgeball after me. And then he got mad. I got better in dodgeball. But I remember that day I got hit, one of the first ones I got hit. And then, actually, no, it wasn't my game. It was a different game. It was his game with his team. And my team was already done. And I remember making fun of him. And he came and he hit me hard. And, he, and I, my head hit the wall. And I was like, what the fuck? And he started wailing at me. He missed, hit the wall, grabbed his hand, pulled it down and bit him. And I hit, headbutted him. And then I went back to bite him. And then the, the teacher separated us. That was just my instinct. That was just my animal reaction, bro. And I'm telling you, I've always been a fighter that... Don't put me into the corner. Like, don't make me want to fight you because it's death. You know, that's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you in the hospital or it's going to be death. You're going to, you're gone, man. That's what it is. You're just gone. And there's ideas of you and there's these thoughts of you. But for the most part, you're just, you're just gone and you get respected. And it's just funny that we're both similar, that we're both human, you know? And that's what the trippiest thing is that by that, I make you respect yourself and you got to give me peace. You got you to give me peace in, in all the sense of the word and space, you know? So this moment, Ivan did not do that. And I responded, boom, snap. I remember our cousin Eric's like, Edgar. And me and Eric used to get in physical fights. We used to get in super crazy fights. I remember one time he started talking trash about his sister. And I'm like, you can't do that, man. And this is, Eric was an animal when he came to, from Mexico. Like he was a fighter. He was from the streets of Mexico. And you, you heard the last podcast, the streets of Mexico are tough, you know? And he came around the time when I was in middle school. I was, I was Eduardo Mata. He was there with me in those schools. And he was a fighter, man. He was a brawler. And I remember middle school because <laughs> he knew, like he saw the red of my eyes. Like once I went there, once I went full hockey, like I didn't, nothing stopped me, bro. And Eric knew that it was one of those moments. And because we used to love both, that's what made us best cousins. It's like, we both love fucking anime. And I told him about my anime in Mexico and how I love anime now. And I showed him all my Shonen Jump stuff. Yeah, later, of course. But at first, you know, we would watch whatever anime we could watch, you know. Anyways, so we went, whenever we would fight, we would go, we would, we would fucking Super Saiyan, bro, you know. We were kids, like we we're believing in this stuff. And then as I got older, we, I realized this shit's real, bro. That's what I'm telling you, fam. Like, look it up, bro. And if you're not a believer, then it's okay. Like, you can be just a viewer. And if you don't want to be a viewer, then you can just be a pedestrian. If you don't want to be a pedestrian, then you can be, you know, whatever you want to be, you know. But there's an option. There's an option. So just letting you know there's an option. So... Eric gets up and he's like, I got to get him off. And, and then Benjamin, he, he, Benjamin has fought me before and it wasn't private. And like, we, we kind of like hockey it off. Like me and like, like Luffy and that, like I wear, I wear shorts in the cold. Why well, wear a sweater in the hot? We you know that kind of hockey. That was me and Benjamin. And we, we didn't, ended up fighting. We don't, we didn't up, like no physical fighting. Like it was more like a headbutt, like was bruised, you know, like really like we bruised our own headbutts. 
shit, shit like that, you know. And he's like, oh shit, and, and he realized, you know, they they realized that I, I I was fucking around, but it was too late. Like we had lost the chance to go beyond the playoffs. I remember the coach coming in and saying. You got our team. And he's like, he got angry. He's like, what's going on here? And then everyone get out here. And we ended up doing laps. And so we basically threw up for the most part. That was a fun night. And I remember that night, maybe another night, I even needed a ride home. And we gave him a ride home. Like, well, you become friends after you fight somebody. That's that's the beauty of it. Like, you become friends. And then that goes full circle with what a buccaneer is. Like... <sighs> there's misunderstanding and like maybe people want structure and they want politics and they want leadership and they, they want to um, do that. But other people want to be tribal. Other people want to live on their own and they, they can, they, they know how to exist in chaos. You know, they know how to walk and, with the path and, and, and be the peaceful warrior. And so being a buccaneer was like seeing eye to eye with people that wanted to be you know, under the capitalism or under socialism or, uh, but they knew what they were doing. You know, they, they, they wanted to believe in democracy. So they went and did that, but they also coexisted with buccaneers or, or, or good raiders or, or good pirates, you know, good men of the sea, you know, there, there wasn't the Navy or, you know, modern day, um, you know, the, the rebel forces are the good guys. It wasn't that, it, it, it was, it wasn't that stuff in space, you know, it was here on earth. And it was, it was the Buccaneers holding them down. So I researched this stuff and I'm learning about all this stuff, you know, and I'm also learning about, from the teacher, learning about cloning, you know, I'm learning sci-fi from the teacher, cloning and learning about Grand Theft Auto from the kids and I'm playing chess and I'm beating people at chess. This is all happening in middle school, you know, and then learning about science and how awesome science is like in history like you can't repeat history from Mr. Barnett like that that was the most memorable teacher and he told me about a, a story about a uh, he told me a story about a idiot savant that was really good with locks you know he would go around the school and he would open up locks and one day there was something that they needed from the police and they couldn't get the lock open so they called the young man and he opened the lock for the police, you know, and they found like a drug, some drugs or a gun. Someone had brought that to school. And this was back in the seventies. I think he talked about it or the eighties or, or late eighties or early seventies, late seventies, early eighties. Mr. Barnett told me about this and he was our teacher, you know, in the nineties. And this is uh oh no, in the late in, in the early two thousands. Cause this is, I'm already in middle school. This is 2000, I think 2004 is when I started um, Skyline that's when I graduated Skyline 2006 5 4 3 2 yeah 2 1 yeah 2 1 is, is 11 and, and 8th grade that was Mr. Barnett like that was late 80s or the, the late the late 90s um, that's when I came in 99 2000 I mean sorry I came in 2000 actually 2000 2001 yeah I left Eduardo de Mata. That was crazy. Like when I left Eduardo de Mata, like it all, it was, it was all symmetrical. Life has been very symmetrical for me. I'm, I'm retrospecting right now. It's been very numer numerologic. It's been Fibonacci sequence, you know, Fibonacci sequence. Like it, it's all been quite exciting. It's very, very blessing. There's a, there's a teaching to this. I'm reflecting right now. I sound like you're talking about podcast with you guys. Wow. That's very awesome. Um, because 2006 is when I graduated and you entered 2005 that year. 2004 is the other year. 2003 
two, and then one. Yeah, and I, and I, learned, and I left Eduardo Mata in sixth grade. That's, that's interesting how that happens, you know? I'm, I'm reflecting right now. Eduardo Mata was good too as well. There's a young man named Alan and we would come up with these stories. That's when I started falling in love with the idea of stories because I love telling stories. We would watch The Simpsons and we would watch... Um, what else we watch? Whatever else Fox played around the time. But Simpsons was the most important thing. And the Simpsons told great stories. I remember one of the episodes, uh, we would take our toys. Oh yeah, we were really into Star Wars, of course. And and of course, you know, Star, Star Wars was a great, great opener of the, of the brain and computers were, were starting. And me and I were really vibing with all that. I remember in Eduardo Mata, I also got in a fight with this kid. He thought he can take me on. And I remember I started making wrestling moves on him and I hurt him really bad. He ended up going to the, to the nurse. And, you know, I was just, don't put me in the corner, you know? Don't put me in the edge, you know? And I think that's what karma is, you know? All this stuff that you've carried from past lives or past actions and even in this reality, you have to take care of them, you have to face them head on. And you can't allow it to put in a corner. And I felt like life did that as the older I got. And I realized that because I opened myself to all those words I told you about earlier, you know, and they were just flooding in. And I was just like, at one point I couldn't, I stopped filtering them. I'm like, I couldn't keep up with the meditating and, and the rules that come with all this power, the exercise and the eating well, you know, and if you don't do those things that keep the powers at, at bay, you know, and, and only give you the necessary energy, then you you become uh, a slave to the instant gratification. You become a slave to the just fuck it and you don't want to do that, you know? So here I am as as, as a kid going through this process and, and, and seeing the connection between all this stuff and evolving, you know, and moving forward. And so it's, you know, ninth grade, in, in ninth grade, it's um been two weeks. He's looking at me. Yeah, it's ninth grade. 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th, and you graduate your 12th. Horus, again, 12 steps. Interesting, right? The 12 steps of learning. <sighs> Namaste. Thanks for being here. Hopefully you're enjoying the show. Hopefully you're enjoying getting to know me and learning a little bit about you and to the process, maybe connecting some dots in your mind and your reality. And they help you and they help you achieve your goal and achieve Christ consciousness out. Christ consciousness on earth yourself because that's basically the end goal that we all want to achieve Christ consciousness here on earth now hopefully you go out there and get it for yourself so back to the story or therefore back to the story so here I am you know learning about all this stuff and I'm going through the process of creating these characters and then I'm, I'm like how can I test this stuff in high school you know because high school that's what you start testing it's like a macroverse of the reality that we live in now which is big reality big us being out here and me recording with you like the first thing I did after high school my mom told me you gotta get a job like okay where do I wanna be where do I wanna go it's always been radio I that's the first thing I applied to I wanna be in the radio I wanna be a DJ host and then when I discovered podcasts in college guess what I did I did a podcast and it was the number one listed podcast with my friend Robert my best friend at the time uh, hopefully he's doing great out there in the world and we did this podcast and it was called The Casual Show and it was like the biggest hit in the, in the radio Like, and then no one ever thought that we were going to do this in Richland College and we destroyed it uh, we brought in Big Dick Hunter it was amazing like it was it was amazing like 
good memories, you know. We we accomplished a lot of stuff and I've always wanted to be in radio. So long and behold, I'm doing a podcast because I want to do podcasts. And then from podcasts, I also want to do voiceovers and I want to be on the radio on AM or FM radio, you know. And that's going to be fun. Like this road, thank you for being here on this road with me and this journey with me. Uh, it's just connecting the dots of where things come from and where you get the passion from. So when my mother told me, you, you got you to gotta pick one. Like, what do you want to do? I decided to work at CBS Radio. And so here I am, 18-year-old kid at CBS Radio auditioning with all these other adults and all these other uh, people and they have degrees and whatnot. And I get up and I'm like, I'm Edgar and I can do the robot. And I did the robot and they loved it. And, and I'm like, I'm here. I remember I said, I'm here to help. I'm here to be me. I'm here to bring life to the radio station. Thank you for having me. Something along those lines. And they hired me. And I was the youngest kid in the promotional staff at TBS radio. And I would do the events with my head up and do them hardcore. And, and, and like, it was fun. And I, I feel like I got fired for no good reason. Like I feel like I got fired for racism because we did one mistake. We forgot we forgot um, the box that you, that you bring into the station event because you bring in the box to, to, to the events, right? And then that's where you put in the names of the audience members for the drawing, you know? And that time we forgot the box. So we ended up putting the, the names of the, of the people that were uh, applying for the drawing in a... In a cooler, a little six-pack cooler, and it's like a little box made out of, you know, protective insulin, and it zips up. It's for six packs, and that's where we were putting the names. And well, the client didn't like that, and well, our boss ended up firing us, and the lady ended up moving to I think Las Vegas. This is a CBS radio, and that was crazy. But I don't. I should have stood up more for. But I, I didn't know how to fight when I was eighteen years old. I didn't know how to even like I said. Even though I created Eve Sword, I, I was still under the impression of drowsy. I was still under the impression of letting all the chaos come in, and and not really. Even though I tattooed it, like I, I didn't really believe it hundred percent. Like I was still trying to process how to use this energy correctly. You know. And I'm telling you, this is why I call it the dark ages because it, it takes you a while to, to master the strength that you give yourself or the powers that you give yourself, you know? And this is a reality that you live in. So you got to make the most of it. And it takes time to heal. It takes time to program yourself. It takes time to let go and actually live because when you realize that you have the bad programming, you live in hell. And I, I'm, I'm an example of that right now. I'm going through hell. Like I'm, I'm walking through purgatory and I'm at the gates and I'm about to get out and I'm in purgatory. And I I'm, I went through this process where, you know, you miss the loved ones and you want to be with your loved ones. And well, sometimes you got to take the separation and you, and you got to separate. And sadly it happened with me with a big controversy with my family and me doing some taboo acts with, you know, the whole Alabama scam and dude, like, you know, you gotta, you gotta reflect from, from life, from all that, you know? And, and, and that's what you do. You gotta take a step back because you open yourself up to all this stuff. Like oh, I'm, I'm invisible or like I can do it. Like it's going to be okay. Like, no, it's not going to be okay. Like, like people don't want what you want sometimes. And you know, you can't be that person that just jumps the gun and assumes that that person wants that because then you get accused of, of being an evil person or, or, you know, not asking for consent. And then like, wait a minute, you weren't in the room when it happened. So then you're like, oh shit, well, you got to give the benefit of the doubt. Like you're the one that is the, you know, the one that it goes and advances. You're, you're, you're the one that goes chases, you know, you're, you're, you're the one that what they consider in the wild, a predator, man. And you gotta, 
you got to put that shit to rest. You know what I mean? You, you can't be that guy because then you're going to end up destroying yourself, society. And, you know, you got to reflect. And that's when you go into your mind. And that's where mushrooms come in really good for me because they make you reframe. And then they started, that's what started me breaking up with my fiance. It's like, I became, it was an abusive relationship where we would hurt each other. You know what I mean? Like emotionally. And then it got to the point that one time she slapped me and, and without even thinking about it, I slapped her back. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck? And I was like, what the fuck? And then I ended up destroying a fence. And one of those metal fences in the backyard, you know, the ones that you have in the apartment complex, I knocked that sucker down. Like I'm telling you that rage, that, that subtle, how full hockey. That's why I love one piece, you know, that, that, is, that exists and you have to keep it at bay. You got to hone it, you know, or else it'll get the best of you and it'll destroy you. And you don't want that. You want to live, you want to prosper, you want to be happy, you want to do good things. So here you are, you know, going through this process and letting all this other stuff in and high school, and so you're testing the grounds, you know, and you open yourself up to this conversation of what you want to do with life. What do you, what do you want to experience? You know, and I'm in culinary arts, I'm in culinary arts and I'm, I'm not, I'm only there because my uncle says that, you know, do something that can bring you money and then do your own stuff. And that was a good idea. And I used to work for my uncle before church and after church on the weekends and the restaurant business and I would be his waiter and then sometimes his cook and I started learning how to cook and I was like I love cooking I love giving people food I love you know being there for people and then one day he got too drunk and got in a fight with the Delgados and it was the Fernandez's for Delgados ding 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 and I remember being asleep in the car fucking Luffy like I was just sleeping or like Ace I was just sleeping and Eric my cousin like a hero bring takes all the kids out of the fucking well not all the kids but like at least three or, three or four kids that were just screaming and their eyes up as the adults were fighting in the restaurant and um he brought him to the car and I'm like, what's going on, man? And I'm over here like, oh, I'm alone with the girls. You know what I mean? Like time, time for me to start flirting with the girls and, and making my moves and like trying to kiss them. You know what I mean? And like, it's going to be okay. Like here, hold me. And then, you know what I mean? Like this is, this is really like, like, it's always been there like to, you know, and I don't even want to reproduce. I don't even want any kids. I want to, I'd rather clone myself than anything else. And I've always wanted that ever since I read that book or ever since that idea was in my head at, you know, a 12 year old kid in seventh grade, you know, people talking about Grand Theft Auto, I'm over here thinking about, I want to be cloned. Like instead of going into the digital world, I'm like, one day you can just go in there and just, you know, do whatever you want. Like they were talking about this stuff already in, you know, in middle school. And that's when 9-11 happened. 9-11 happened when I was, I think, if I remember correctly, in eighth grade. Yeah, 2001. Uh, 2001, I remember. Uh, it happened. Oh no, I was, yeah, 2001. Yeah, 2001. Because then 2002 is, I graduated eighth grade. Yep, it was eighth grade. And... 2002 fall is when you enter into um, Scotland. Yep. And so, yeah, I remember it was 2001, eighth grade, and I woke up and my mom's like crying. My dad's like pacing the room. And I, I, I laugh because I'm like, oh, it's, don't you realize it's a conspiracy? And I was this fucking arrogant, fucking, you know, 13 year old kid realizing that I thought I, I didn't even know I was woke before woke was woke 
And I was just arrogant. I was like, yeah, don't you realize? And I didn't even say it like that. I don't, I don't remember the exact words, but I disregarded it. I, I knew it was a false flag attack or an insurance job or a scam or something. And it kind of hurt my heart. Like, like my parents weren't woke like me. Like they didn't want to take in the information that I wanted to. And I went into the restroom and I went under the sink and there had, my mom had, my mom and my pops had perverted Mexican comic books or the girls are big boobs and they're fucking the guy. And, and, I, and I pleasured myself like to those comic books. And I was like, man, that was, that was eighth grade all over, you know, and then play Nintendo and then go to school and then run, run to run home before you poop, you know, and you poop and then you watch comic books and then you, then you would read comic books, watch comic books, then you watch cartoons and then read comic books and then play video games and then draw soft bar characters. That was my life. And then jam out to the radio because I couldn't buy my, own. I had, I had destroyed my opportunity to buy my own CDs because of BMG, but with the music that I didn't have, I would play them over and over again, you know, and I would buy random ass CDs from Google Dolls to um, YouTube to um, Bon Jovi to Panthera to uh, Beethoven. I remember because my mom gave me for the first time ever when I went to Mexico. I went to we went to the fair and my mom at the fair got me bootleg Eminem and bootleg of Britney Spears and a boombox, and she also got me a bootleg of another artist. I can't remember right now. It'll come to me later on some other podcast or, or later to, or later right now. I don't know. But she got me a bootleg of those two CDs and I would jam out to those CDs over and over again. And then it was her fault. I got intimidated, but I mean, I convinced her. And of course, we would, that was, that was middle school. You know, that was, it was fun living with my cousins, Eric and Erica. That was, you know, that was amazing, you know, taking chances and talking about ghosts and stuff, you know, and I remember my other cousins visiting us for, at that house. It was it was amazing, you know. All these memories making, and I remember Eric getting in trouble for pooping his pants and throwing the shit out the window. Sorry, Eric, throwing the underwear out the window. And you know, you you you're 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 growing, you know. And I remember me getting in trouble for always, you know, being kind of cerebral with my trouble, you know, like. Trying to outsmart the, the adults all the time, you know. And I know there's memes out there of kids cleaning the room really fast. Mom's home. Like yeah, me and Eric, like we're the masters of that, you know. Of oh shit, they're almost here, and then clean up so fucking fast, bro. Like you have no idea. Um, and I remember when they moved out. I was like, shit, they moved out. You know, now my siblings are asleep, and I get done with football practice. What am I doing? And so I would do is I would watch late night TV. And that's when I got into late night TV. I got into um, Jay Leno and Colin O'Brien. I wasn't really always vibing with David Letterman, but I did like Craig Ferguson or Craig Hill or, or Craig. Uh, before Craig Ferguson, there was another Craig. I was into him. And then of course, um, late, late night with um, the guy from MTV. Shit, I, remember his, I can't remember his name right now. Tip of my tongue, tip of my tongue. Carson Daly. Uh, I used to watch that too. But for the most part, it was Jay Leno and Conan O'Brien. And I was like, man, I want to do that, you know? And then, of course, growing up in the mornings, I would listen to radio. I said, like, or at night, listen to the radio. And I would listen to Kid Credit, listen to Jagger. And lo and behold, I ended up working with Jagger when I was um, 18 years old and meeting Jagger and Dean Martin and, and Dean and, and Mondo Mike and Jasmine. 
And actually, um, Dean Martin, Dean Martin, uh, Lewis, Dean, <laughs> Dean Lewis, <laughs> Dean Martin. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Uh, meeting Dean Lewis and Dean Lewis actually is the one that told me about the game. And I was like, the game. And I was like, Neil Strauss. And I was like, wait a minute, you know, Strauss mystery. And then, and then, and then, and then from mystery, I was like, wait a minute. And I, I, so I, something made sense, you know, some, something was clicking in my head. And then I went to my, to my notes that I had from a 13 year old kid, uh, creating, I mean, 13 year old kid, a 14 year old kid. Yeah, no, I was 13 years old. Cause I, cause my birthday's in June, <laughs> uh, creating these sigils or starting to create these sigils. Um, I've mastered them supposedly, but I'm still mastering them. I'm, I'm barely getting, getting rames. Like they were like a wild bull and they just, I, I would, they were just taking me anywhere. I'm barely grabbing life by the horns. I'm, I'm just becoming Saturn's return, what they call. I'm overcoming some Saturn's, Saturn's return is very important. Like it happens after you turn 28 from 28, uh, I, I believe all the way to 30. I don't want to say 35, but maybe it's true. Maybe from the age of 28 to 35, that's when Saturn's return happened. You know, you've been on earth enough time. It's time to settle down, buckle down and, and choose those, those attributes and those characters wisely because those are the ones that are the ones that you were for the rest of your life, you know? So now here I am, you know, in Saturn's return and it's, it's phenomenal, you know, it's phenomenal to, um, be appreciative of the past, you know, of, of these skills that have made you. And so there, there, there I am, you know, choosing to be, you know, just talk of the town, like connecting people, being a Ptolemyer, you know, sharing the news. It's very important. I mean, that's why I joined journalism in high school. And at first, you know, like I said, the cooking part with my, with my uncle, I felt like that was like, damn, like that wasn't really me, but that was like a way for me to have a backup plan B, but you should never have a backup plan B. Like I'm doing my best to overcome that. Like don't have a backup plan B. Always just have the one plan and do that one plan. And that plan doesn't, there, there is no, it's not going to work. It's going to work because you're going to work at that plan. And I should have started that earlier because the support system that I got for life wasn't the full one. It was more of the, just settle down for this plan B and then later on work on it and and there's a, there's a good thing to that. You know, KRS once said it, there's a good thing to that. You, you can't always depend just on music. You have to have other avenues of income. And of course you, you, you do as an adult because he wasn't prepared either the way we were, you know, like, and I wasn't prepared either the way, you know, let's say a princess that has everything and has a necessary uh, funding to explore all those full options, you know, without remorse of existing and, not knowing where your next meal is going to come from, you know? So my mom knew that, Hey man, you got to get your job and get out. You know, yeah, you got to get going. Like it's time for you to leave the nest. You know, this is America, you know, this is, and I come from a culture of late bloomers. Mexico is a culture of late bloomers of people live with their parents for a long time. And that's why me and my family gravitate toward, towards each other to hang out and, 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 be with each other like like it's the four of us you know what i mean uh with all the respect of four horsemen we joke around like and and we're here to create power and that's what we like the avengers there's like a metaphor there you know there's a metaphor in everything if you allow yourself to to be taught in interesting ways and open yourself up to what the universe has to teach you you know there's connection between alchemy and storytelling you know and so you walk this, this earth and as, as you get older, you realize, okay, 
I have, I do have options, you know, it's just, how are you prepared for those options? You know? And for me, it was, it was from a sales point because I remember joining Tahitian only at the age of 18, even between me before then at the age of 17, 16, I would be there with my mom copying her and excuse me, in the sense of what she was presenting and, and helping people out, signing people up, you know, and then before that, you know, she was really chasing the American dream. Like I gotta, you know, my pops ended up selling all his mechanic work, you know, to accomplish this dream, you know, it was like the pyramid scheme stuff, bro. It's a dangerous game because there is no quick scheme to life. You know, you have to focus on yourself. You have to master yourself one thing, but then they would do the, they would do the, the network marketing, but then they would go have day jobs because they had to feed the network marketing. So that, so that's what kind of what helped me hinder myself from being a hundred percent chasing my dream from day one. Like I, I didn't, I thought that I needed to do something else because they were doing something else because they had to feed it. But then it, it kind of, you know what? I don't want to do that it kind of scared me away. I rather, I rather just work a nine to five job and have a steady job. And I kind of connected two and two together and the radio was like steady. It was like, okay, here, boom, I can work here. It can be steady and I can move up, move up. But then to my surprise, I ended up getting fired with the whole group, except one person got fired that day from our group because they had just gotten hired. And I don't know, it felt like racism. Like later on, my friend says that it was racism because she didn't like the redhead uh, girl and the redhead dude. And she didn't like me, the Mexican guy. And they fired all three of us. And they kept the other guy, Matt, who was on my song and the, the, the Dallas Maverick song on 2000 on, on YouTube that I recorded back in 2006, 2007, maybe, maybe early 2008, 2008, early with White's Gone Wild. Oh yeah, it was 2008, the White's Gone Wild. I recorded, um, the Dallas Maverick song. Uh, Duncan, yeah, no, no, looks like a pumpkin. Always doing layups, never Duncan. Your man, quit Papa bitch, cause that's what that's what Mike says. And then I say, what's up, but baloney Tony, you look like what? No, no, I say what's up, Genovely Tony, you look like baloney homie. And then um, they'll give you championship. That's why will give you a championship that you can't forget when JT shoots in threes and jumps like a jet. And then uh, Matt has a rap in there. We got Dallas Mavericks shooting threes. Someone's getting trouble with double Ds. Anyways, you can look it up on YouTube. It's super awesome. But yeah, man, like I feel like if I wouldn't get, if I wouldn't have gotten fired from that radio station job, I would have been a different person. But I, I, I needed. Apparently, in this life, I needed, and you gotta also trust in the process, right? So I, I feel like in this life, I needed to move away from that and go this way. But I do also see the opportunity like, man, bro, there was something there and I feel like it got it taken away from me. But the one thing that I did get out of it that like, I'm telling you about, like Dean Lewis put me on Neil Strauss with the game and that helped me rekindle my energy with believing in myself and stuff that I started learning when I was um 13 years old. And it got me back to at the right time too, because I was 18 and 19, 20. And by the time I was 21, I had my own place and I had started mastering his energy again. And I was working at Sprint and I found myself 
like I said, like I had my plan B taken over. Plan B always takes over. Like if you have a plan B, it, it always starts taking over because it's just, it's distracting you from plan A. Like why have a plan B if you don't trust in plan A enough? So that means that you don't trust in plan A, then, oh, I guess plan B is the one you, like subconsciously, that's, that's what happens, you know? That's what happens, you know? Like you got to see it that way or else you're never going to move ahead to what you really want to do. And so you cannot have a plan B because it just eats up it just it, it just it just eats it up and your plan A will go away and you won't have a plan A. And my plan A is to be an entertainer, to be on the radio, to to have my own radio show, to do I have a podcast, to, to tell movies, stories, you know, to write stories, to write comic books, you know, like I, I like to tell this universe that I have in my mind, uh, these characters, and I and I feel that there's a audience for that, for what I have to say that might need this or might find a gem in what I have to say with my fictional stories, you know, and the dark ages really kind of hindered me from fully trusting my full potential, you know, and then giving people my kindness for weakness. And I, I didn't know my kindness was weakness, but they took advantage of my kindness and I trusted in the wrong people and it led me to uh, a position of losing, you know, and then they're turning their back on me and sticking a knife. And then I have to take the high road and be the one that says, you know what? I'm sorry. Uh, I need to work this out with you because, you know, I, I care about this relationship. And then they never reach out to you. After a while, you get tired of that role. And lo and behold, that's the truth as of, as of what I feel like. But you decide, you know what? Fuck that. I want these people in my life and I want to experience life with these people. So you do your best to find peace and apologize to the to the people that you want in your life because there's some truth there like in every lie there's a truth you gotta you gotta fight for that truth you gotta find out where that truth is and then once you find it you're like okay that's what i should apologize for oh shit yeah okay fuck i thought it was this no no the the walnut it's not the walnut it's what's inside the nutrition that that's what's gonna heal you or you know it's not what's inside the plastic it's not the plastic itself it's inside the pill you know that's that's what's gonna kill you you know like you gotta choose your what you're gonna ingest you want to ingest a walnut or fruit you want to ingest things that are healthy you don't want to do that pill and so you you start realizing these actions in life are yours to let go of and let self-populate but you have to have a filter through where they go through and you have to have a philosophy that guides this auto programming that you create for yourself and as a kid you know i'm learning this stuff and i'm just yeah i'm just i'm just taking it in and going full nuts and you know i was never the kid that did drugs in high school i was more the kid that experimented with how people reacted to certain things and playing playing the uh the chessboard with my my student buddies and then hiding a sex book kama sutra stuff like american pie in the library and then reading anime and doing my best to create this character with people that was authentic and was a, a mind reader and was like a jedi and really was what the fictional stuff talked about. Like I was a walking, you know, superhero, you know, I was really that person, me and my friend Robert, like we were the people that we saw on TV. Like we are the famous people of our 
reality. We didn't see it like we're famous. We saw it as like, no, this is this is our part of the sector. You know, in, in this sector, in this world, in this area of the reality is our sector. And, and we have peace here and we coexist with everybody. And we were, we were friends with everybody. Like, and that that's what's so fun about it. Like, you, you know, I remember I said, I said the news one time and I was like, that's cool. But I, I ended up, you know, taking culinary arts because I thought that I needed a plan B, you know, and I met some wonderful people there. And then guess what? Me and my friend Mario gravitated towards each other and Ozzy, uh, the, the, the rock star, you know, making music. He's a badass uh, guitar player. I hope he kept up with it. And Mario loved Jackass. Like I love Jackass. And we started making videos like Jackass and lo and behold, Mario wants to make movies too. Like, like it was awesome. You know, those plan B's fade away. You know, you got to stick to your plan A and that's what I'm doing with my life. Like doing my best to stick to plan A because this, these, these past eight months of sobriety and going to self-reflection and, and doing my mushrooms again and doing mushrooms again and acid again and by myself and cleaning myself and then, and then doing the apple cider vinegar diet, apple cider vinegar with cayenne pepper, a little bit of lemon juice, a little bit of water, do it for 21 days and then drink water, have some tea, no coffee, um, maybe no meats, maybe meats. If you do meats, have light meat, turkey, chicken, fish, um, lean meats, um, maybe lamb, maybe rabbit, crocodile, maybe um, veal if you want to, but nothing too heavy, nothing too porky, not too much. Maybe you could do a little bit of bacon in the morning. Maybe not, depends, but definitely do the apple cider vinegar. There's different levels to this diet. You have to apply it in your life at least once. It's awesome because then, you know, you you ingest what you have to ingest and you drink your orange juice beforehand and or you, you drink your mango beforehand and you, you take the experience and you go in with a question and you come up with the answer. Like you really have to open yourself to these experiences of life because that's what nature is about. It's evolving, it's growing, it's mastering yourself, you know? And right now I have another thought about going through that process of the, you know, the letting go of the old doors and moving through and going through new experiences, you know, experiencing new futures. <laughs> a tripping, tripping balls for the first time. I remember I, I scared my cousin Chris by going over the fence and like, oh, look. he's like, no, dude, you're going to fall off. But I knew it was a control. I knew that the mushroom wasn't necessarily overpower me it was just showing me things letting me let me be carefree you know and I had allowed reality to give me everything and I didn't have the power to stand up to what was coming I just had the power to give in to it that's not what you want to do in life you want to be responsible and then it's too late when you're like, wait a minute. Oh shit. I got to take responsibility for that. Yeah. I got it. Oh, and then you go through the process and then you realize, yeah, I got to take responsibility for that. It's better for you to have a programming where you already are responsible for the actions. That way, when the thing represents itself, you're like, 
it's not even presenting itself. It's only a fictional movie. And I got to act it out. That way people can see because people learn more through movie making. That's what I want to do. And that'd be the only situation why I would be doing that, you know? So those situations are just in the past now. And that's the manifestation that you lead to. And now what you experience is good things is the respect of people's space and the reality of you got to self master and you got to go within yourself to see how real it is that your body is a temple and how you don't need alcohol. You don't need cigarettes yet. Marijuana does something different. Marijuana with a joint does something different. Marijuana with a blunt, something different. And you start testing the science and you're like, okay, um, something's funny here. And then you're like, oh, when I was 13 years old, I used to read about this stuff. And then I'm like, I don't want to do it. Like I'm 30. So when I was 18, when I smoked weed for the first time and it was me and my friend Alex and it was awesome because I smoked out of a joint, a pipe, uh, a pipe that I made and then a blunt that, that Alex rolled. Alex rolled the blunt and I rolled the joint and he rolled another joint and I, I, I made the apple bomb um, with his help, of course. And... We did that. We smoked. I smoked for the first time. And he had smoked before. He's a little troublemaker. He, he had smoked before, but I, it's my first time smoking. I was 18 years old. I was celebrating. Getting <laughs> a job at the radio station CBS. I was celebrating. I was like, I'm an adult now. I want to try marijuana for the first time ever. Let's do it. And I remember, <laughs> I remember just getting so high and then going back home. And my siblings are like, they knew I was high, but I didn't know that. <laughs> my sisters, my little brother was uh, five years old and he, when he knew, he says that I, he, that I was high and I'm telling you, this generation gets more woke. They just get more woke and more faster, you know, and, and it's good. You just got to know what programming you give yourself, you know, and you have the power to change your programming. And I'm here as a, um, a person to put light on that through my life experiences, real, realize what I've been through, learn from me, you know, take my experiences and it's like writing the book the least you can do is read it a guy did his whole life to you know write this book so I'm telling you what I've gone through that way you can find some sort of metaphorical meaning or a silver lining through what you're going through and see that there is light at the end of the tunnel and as long as you follow the cardinal rule of not killing one, not raping anybody not you know, murdering or stealing, you know, the Taj Mahal, you know, and not breaking in an entry, no B and B, um, asking for permission to go into private areas, you know, like you got to follow the, those golden rules, you know, that they're set there for a reason, you know, that's where coexistence is, you know, have faith and have truth and have loyalty. Don't steal from your partner. You know what I mean? You know, like I, I have people stole weed from me, pounds of weed and I'm like that that turned me off I'm like I'm not a criminal I'm, I don't want to go chase this person and that's what turned me off or if, if I had the tenacity to go chase somebody for a pound of weed I'm just a, I'm just a friendly guy I'm, that's how much I don't want confrontation but imagine if that guy ran into me while I had figured out why he did that he would have he would have been in the hospital and I would have been in jail and I didn't want that you know like that's not the kind of guy I am 
And so I'm like, I forgave him. I'm like, you know what? Peace be with you, brother. Like you needed it more than I did. And so it doesn't matter. And then it happened again. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not a gangster. It's not what I'm about. You know, I'm, I'm too friendly. I too, I, I, I give zero fucks. And by not giving fucks, you lose money. And that was just another plan B to my process of, of being an actor, being an entertainer, being a creator. That was just another plan B. And, and, it, and it doesn't come to fruition because your heart's not in it. But your heart's always in plan A. And you always have to find a way to gravitate back to plan A because that's what you have in mind. That's what you want to do, you know? And so growing up and learning about these sigils and being in high school, now I enter sophomore year. Excuse me. And in sophomore year, I'm learning more about who I am with knowing who I am. Like I feel high school was freshman year was, this is who you are. You're a freshman. And the sophomore year is like, well, I'm not a freshman no more. Then who am I? Junior year is like, shit. What does it matter who I am? I'm about to leave this place. And senior, you're like, shit, I'm leaving this place. It's the last time I get to enjoy being who I am before I start being somebody else. But wait. Oh, wait. And then, then you get you get in that loop of like, you're still going to be you, but you're not going to be you no more. You're, you're going to be out of high school. And then you can go to college. If, if you haven't made up your mind yet about who you want to be, you can go to college to help you sharpen up something. So that's why I went to college later on down the line. Like, But it wasn't, it was almost right away because I remember going to college at Richmond College, and like I said, and, and doing the radio show. But I didn't, and then also learning piano. But I didn't go to my final exam. I did not, I just did not show up to my final exam because... It was my protest. Like, you know what? I don't need school. Fuck it. I want to be an entertainer. And then there's no money to follow. Someone said this recently. I think it was Matthew McConaughey. I don't know where he picked it up from. But when you're in survival mode, you can't create. And I've been in survival mode for such a long time. And you can create because it's a mentality thing. That's what alchemy is. That's what I was trying, that was what I was aiming to learn as a kid. And that's what I learned from Paolo Coachello. And that's what those moments of mushroom and those moments of reading that good book, they, they, they help and motivate you, but you need inspiration to carry you through. You know, I'm quoting from what I learned from, from one of my fr uh, friends and slash mentors, David, like from what we learned from our teachers and our coaches and him learning from uh, his teachers were, um, let's see. I can't remember his name. He, he was friends with Jim Rohn. Anyways, he's from Austin. And then it was like a small circle because those those teachers ended up connecting somehow with Ross Jeffries, Jim Rohn, Anthony Robbins. Um, Anthony Robbins wasn't uh, a mentor to David. And Anthony Robbins was someone that you guys know from the Lena commercials. I remember seeing him on like power yourself, power from within. And as I grew up and my mom and I went to seminars because she was in network marketing, you know, they invited her to go to these seminars and through these seminars, seeing Les Brown, I believe, and seeing uh, Zig Ziglar, Jim Rohn, like I said, it was funny to later find out that one of David's teachers was friends with Jim Rohn. You know, it's like a small world, like, 
it, you gravitate like a plan is always calling for you that, that's what the lesson is of this podcast like a plan will always be calling for you and that those that, that night in those moments in this night right now i feel all that stuff calling back to me like just tell the good people um where you come from and where your where your memories are from and what what are the things that you gravitate towards too because whenever you learn about this alchemy stuff then you start researching and then you start learning about lumeria you start learning about Atlantis and you start learning about uh, the Dark Ages, <laughs> the Dark Ages for uh, for me, right? But the Dark Ages in the sense of the story and what they talk about in One Piece, like they have a hundred years of darkness. Like there's these metaphors, you know, in life and they're there for a reason, you know, they're there to teach you. So being coming conscious of all this stuff and being cohesive, and, and existing through these realities sophomore year was more becoming better as a, as a chef the sous chef and letting it be effortless you know flirting with girls and seeing because I had a couple of girlfriends you know but nothing too serious until I was like a junior and a senior that's when I actually became serious with a couple of the girls. But there was nothing going to come out of it because I felt like my family was in the way. Like my mom, my cousin, like they, they it was like their relationship. And I didn't want to, I didn't feel like being a father or like, that's what I felt it led to. Like, okay, so then, and then that's it. Like, but then I was like, oh, but I love this person, but I can't do this to them because that's not, I'm not, I'm not really going to be there. Like, you know, so they, I think they, they feel that, that you're not really going to be there. They, they feel that, that you want something else and they respect that. And, and the life opens doors and it leads you where it has to lead you. And so sophomore year was fun. Junior year was good too. Senior year was my last chance to try everything I could. Excuse me. I'm yawning. I, I think I'm going to wrap it up soon. I'm going to finish up here in a little bit. You've been hanging out with me for an hour and 35 minutes. So, um, yeah, senior year was me, my moment to try everything. And I was now the photographer of the journalist newspaper along with Amanda. I remember her making out with me one time just to try it out. And she was a meanie, like she had multiple boyfriends and breaking boys hearts and it was fun. But she also taught me that the only constant is change. She found a quote somewhere and then she put that in her Facebook or no, her MySpace and kind of, uh, it's very important because it's true, you know, and I get some confidence from her to like, just go for it. Like girls just go for it. Like they would just, they would just make out with me, you know, they would just, I remember one girl in middle school, um, young girl, she had like this nice weave, like it was so expensive and, and she would, she was so proud of it because she was, you know, a, 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 nine, a, a, a 14 year old girl and she had this weave and, and like, she was the prettiest girl and like other girls didn't have weaves, you know, not this kind, you know, like, and I thought she was like the cutest thing ever, you know. And then one time we bumped into each other and she just grabbed my, 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 my Johnson, my dick. She just grabbed it. And I was like, whoa. And she goes, yeah, buddy, I knew it was big, you know, whatever. 
and she was just flirting with me, you know? And I was like, whoa. And then just walked away. But then I also remember in middle school, I was in eighth grade, um, some mentally disabled kid uh, with sign language. Um, he was also part of, of, of gangs and stuff. But I remember saying, I thought we were buddies. And I remember saying hi to him in the hallway, like, hey, buddy. And he punched me right in the face. And I was like, what the? And the teacher right behind me, she saw the whole thing. She goes, oh, my God. And I'm like, you're not going to do anything. And the teacher just kept walking. She was more afraid of him. They're telling her anything of her getting punched you know I was like what the fuck that's what life is you know what I mean like life will surprise you so you gotta stay on your toes you gotta be careful what you're open to experience because like I said drowsy was just letting everything in and then once you close that Pandora's box and give the power to the Eve sword then then you have all these other words coming in that are being multiplied by 13 and you got to be careful because this sigil stuff is powerful and you have to exercise your demons. You got to poop out the the unhealthy stuff. You got to meditate and fight your ca calibration. You got to breathe. You really got to do this stuff if you want to live long and prosper. It's part of, you know, being a human being, being able to reflect and go within and heal yourself and eat the right proper food so your body can heal yourself. And of course, holistic medicine is wonderful and science is wonderful. And that's why you have the iPhone iWatch and, and that's why you have um, miracles like um, penicillin. You know, things work, you know, soap works, you know. Things things come from us from great minds. We, like we imagine the things that are, are good for us, you know, and we have to overcome all our darkness you have to overcome all your bad programmings because if you don't then they're just gonna eat you up like you gotta face those dragons and and and, and you don't have to destroy the dragon but you have to find a way for the dragon to obey you and for the and for the dragon after the dragon obeys you then you can climb the tower and go to the princess and with that and and then by that point then you know you're connecting yourself with with the whole universe because now you have a companion but you can't just jump to the princess willy-nilly and I think they they kind of crash course that you as a society so I think I think sometimes it's programmed to like speed up the process and like okay you got it you got it okay cool like no nah, man like in Mexico I, I think it takes longer for you to get to that point you know what I mean like like I said I feel like I'm a late bloomer and in America since I don't know since it started like there's like a speed here like to hurry up hurry up like it's already 12th grade you should have a high school sweetheart you should get married if not here's college you got one more chance get married oh well you didn't get married you know I'm like but no I think as it gets faster there's also a sense of it, it should get slower like and you should take your time to master yourself maybe it's counterintuitive it's what David D'Angelo talked about like maybe the other masters and all the teachers talked about that too anyways so Anthony Robbins was one of those teachers that my mom wanted to see and she did see and I remember I did a I went to a power summit with Amanda the girl that made out with me in the hallway the photographer and we took some of those pictures and I think we put them in the journal in, in, the, in the newspaper this is senior year and I remember seeing George Foreman seeing Anthony Robbins, Robert Kiyosaki, and Donald Trump. I remember that year in 2006, Donald Trump even said that he wanted to be president. He said that one day he's going to be president of the United States or he's going to run for president and he knows that 
you can count on Dallas and his people. And I remember he talked about that packet thousand six Donald Trump to the whole um what is it? Not the reunion tower. Yeah, it was the reunion the reunion tower. They have conference centers there. They have a really big conference centers. Anyways, learn about Robert Kiyosaki and then Anthony Robbins and what he talked about kind of like coincided or was like a different approach to the same kind of stuff that Ross Jeffries talked about. You know what I mean? Like, it seems like they might've had the same teacher, you know? And then so I went deeper and I learned more about like Dale Carnegie and Napoleon Hill. And then, and then, and then now Earl Nightingale and Neville. Can't, can't remember his last name right now, but Neville something or other. Oh my God. I can't, why can't remember? I, I, I think I'm running on, on my, on my train of thought. And anyways, Nevo is the most recent one that I've been listening to. And, you know, you, you never stop learning. Like there's masters everywhere that have walked this path and, and would love to teach and share. And like they say, when the masters, when the student's ready, the master will appear. You know, and, and now we live in a day and age where it's accessible to us and people are learning that the, that the weird is, is not really weird. Like I said earlier, like, I feel like I was woke before woke was woke, you know, and opening myself up to these experiences kind of crash course me. And that's why I feel like I'm an instinct. I was going left all, all the time. I was, I was a NASCAR car going left. And then finally I went like, boom, I'm going right. And then all this shit happens and metaphorically speaking, you know, like it, it takes, it takes the time. Like I said, in the other podcast, like when I blacked out and I woke up and I was like, what the fuck? Like I, like I could have destroyed my, my cousin's car. You know what I mean? I could have killed myself. And then what if I did, what if I did kill myself? And like I said, this is all in my head. This, this is all, but that's what reality was beforehand. So then my thought was like, well, I'm gonna use this reality to find out what happened to that me and find and like, well, I don't want to get it like that drunk ever again though. But that's what people say. Like, if you want to remember that memory of when you were drunk, you got to get that drunk again to remember that memory. And I watched that show with Kaylee Coco recently and I, I cried like, cause I can relate to her. Great show, Kaylee, Kaylee Coco. Um, great show. Like, thank you so much for making that show. It, it really was necessary. And you said you picked up the book just off the shelf. Like she said, she picks up the book right off some um, shelf in a airport. Like she just saw the cover and she's like, I hope Reese Witherspoon hasn't made this book because she liked, she, she, she liked the cover. And then later on, she, she read the story as she, as she made the movie or the, the miniseries, she read the story and she fell in love with the story and she's like, thank God it didn't suck, you know, and it didn't suck. Whatever they did was magic. Whatever they did was great. Like even there was, you know what? Fuck it. Like it, it was, it was the closest thing to five out of five in a minute. And with all due respect, the character of um, the boy, well, you, I don't want to give it away from my audience. Like they should go watch it. But honestly, for me, it was a nice 4.8, 4.9. It was just a little bit that like that, that character, like when you guys watch it, I'm gonna give you two weeks and then I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a report about why I can't give it a perfect five because it could have been a perfect five. And then uh, I, like, that's just me. That's just me. Like I'm a perfectionist. Like there's certain things that are perfect fives, like Game of Thrones, perfect five for me. These are my opinions, of course. Like, and I see them from metaphorically speaking and what they represent to me in my life because I'm selfish like that. Like you, you got to talk to, talk to me real. Like what does it mean to you? Because that's what it means to me. Like 
Game of Thrones was perfect to me because it ended up with Family Stark winning. And Family Stark is my family. It's my brother, my sisters, and me. And what I am is a bastard, Jon Snow, you know? And my sisters and my brothers are Arya, you know? It's the way it is, you know? Bram, you know? And Sansa, like, that's that's who we are, you know? And that's it's trippy, but that's how it is, like like... You have to walk my shoes to see the way I, I see life. And I see life the way I see life. That's why me and Robert got along and we were so confident with our swagger and, and, and being ourselves. And he was, you know, the old school Mexican dad, you know, like he, he understood life and he was very, you know, mestizo, you know, and I was more wild and shamanistic and, and, you know, off the charts, you know, and, and like willing to take lead and, and, and be, you know, front of the line kind of guy, you know? And Robert was more, you know, metaphorical and, 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 and methodical about his approach. You know, there's like a beautiful balance to life and you have to respect it. And so, yeah, man, like, I hope you get to experience your life to the fullest because I see these metaphors everywhere, you know, with the Game of Thrones stuff. And it's just, it, it, it fits, it fits, you know. It, it fits and I appreciate that very much like talking to you guys talking your ear off about who I am this is episode 2 the dark ages and uh, we're a minute and 46 in hanging out with me getting to know me getting to know your your host so I appreciate you being here you could have been anywhere in the world you could have been listening to anything else um, but you're listening to me and I hopefully you, you're being entertained by my life and how I've seen life and how life has taught me all these lessons and has connected me with these realities and these truths that I find that work for me and hopefully they work for you and don't do the same mistakes I did, you know, take, uh, allow the process to happen, you know, and when your Saturn's return starts, when you turn 28, enjoy the ride start, you're going to start shedding just like a snake does, you know, you're going to start shedding all the stuff you don't need anymore. And that's okay. That's okay. And, and sometimes it hurts. Sometimes it doesn't, but it's better than to, you know, hotwire the system or hotwire a car. Like you don't want to do that. First, you're breaking the law. And two, you know, it's what they call the Lucifer effect. It's like, when you, not the Lucifer effect, is it the Lucifer effect or is it the Satan effect? But when you think that you can create your own reality, but you can't really create your own reality. It's like the whole metaphor, like, oh yeah, you God will create, create, how can you create, create a world? Uh, and then like, wait, but don't use my sand, you know, something like that. And so you have to be your own, the master of your own destiny, you know, the commander of your own circumstances. And it's okay. You can do this. You can, you can be that guy. You can be confident that you can evolve and accomplish or that gal, excuse me. You know, this is the story of you, you know, and you must allow yourself to grow, to change, to evolve. If you want to experience the things you want to experience. And if you don't, then allow autopilot to just be and then just be an autopilot. But if you're listening to this podcast, all that stuff aside, then it means that at some point 
you're like, what do I have to offer? Well, that's why I wanted to do this. Who am I? So you can get an idea of who I am. And the Dark Ages was about me opening up my Pandora's box and running rampant in my life. And it's real. I hit rock bottom because I've always had a plan B. And now I'm 100% focused on my plan A. And there's no looking back. There is no plan B. You know, <laughs> metaphorically speaking, there is no plan B. There is no spoon. This is the way it's going to be. And that's all there is to it. That's a pirate life for me. That's an alchemist life for me. That's what a shaman is. That's what a tribe is. We can exist in this world. There is balance. We are persistence. We are persistent to being ourselves and being true to ourselves and learning from our past. Therefore, achieve obtaining positive attraction. And what I'm adding now, from now on, Eve, converting all that negative energy into force for good. The willpower of the people lives within you and me. And thank you for joining my podcast or listening to my podcast. Thank you for being here with me. This is something that I wanted to do for a long time and just talk to you guys. And I have to realize that I got to start taking out these layers because I'm a human. And the least I can do is tell you about my human life and my human experiences. That's what I know. So that's what I'm going to tell you. This is what I know to be true and what works for me. And what works for me is respecting the body. Being sober has been such a great thing. Being an autopilot was scary and fun. But being extinctual and allowing the programming to carry its own weight by respecting the discipline and paying the rent of being there for yourself first. Create a life around that. Create a life around authenticity towards yourself with the respect of society. And then find that balance, the true balance. <laughs> you know, you know what you represent and you find the group of people that represent what you represent as well. And you hold strong. You hear me? You hold strong because if you believe in this reality, if you believe in your process and you know that you're here to do good, other people are here to do harm because they don't know better, you know? And if they do know better, then shame on them. And those are the troublemakers that cops and detectives go after. And that's for someone else to experience. Over here in this part of the world is an entertainer here to educate, enlighten, entertain with his life stories, his fictional stories later. Hopefully his AM radio show or his PM radio show, PM, or his um, FM radio show. His comic books, his books. 
I have lore in my mind that I want to share with you that I've I feel are 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 good and and I think there's an audience for it, like I said earlier. So yeah, so you get to know me. Hopefully you enjoyed getting to know me. I think I'm gonna do a part Dark Ages sub B or let's see where episode three takes us of who am I or who I am on Edgardo's podcast. So yeah, this is me recording February 2nd. I started recording like around 11.53. Right now it seems to be... Oh, it's already 1.45. So yeah, it's been a good minute. But yeah, man, like high school was awesome. Like seeing... Tony Robbins up there with, with Amanda and then realizing she didn't really like me. I even, years later, I went with her to go see She Wants Revenge because she hit me up and she's like, there might be a chance. But she, she came out, she had a, a guy with him. Like, I never understood her. Like, she was definitely a player. <laughs> and I, power to her, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, seeing those guys up there, I connect, I connect the dots, man. And like, I remember doing mushrooms for the first time ever. Like, I told I, I had to break out my fiance, like mushrooms taught me a lot. And then I did some mushrooms again later with some other pals. And I did more than uh, two grams. I think I did four grams that night. The second time I did mushrooms. And I learned about, you know, respecting the body. You know, that's why I planted the seed of, of squatty potty. Before squatty potty was squatty potty, I would just, I looked up how people poop beforehand. And in Asia, people would squat. And I'm like, well, they, they live some of the longest lives ever. And so then I want to live long. So then I started squatty potty before squatty potty. And I would perch on the, on the toilet like Spider-Man. And then that's, that's what works for me. Hopefully that works for you because it works for me and it's good. And it's good for you. You know, that's the way I poop anyways. And so, yeah, so then you start choosing the habits that actually are beneficial towards your health and towards your life and, to, and towards what you want to experience, you know. And shame on allowing carnal nature to take over when it does because it doesn't always leave to satisfying places like I've been with married women and I've been with people that are over 70 80 years old <laughs> and they're well aware of what they're doing you know <sighs> and excuse me excuse me excuse me excuse me excuse me excuse me and 45 year old woman I've been with six year old women you know what I mean I've been I've been with a plethora of women and they all want a friend they all want a companion and or at least a distraction at some point you know or some satisfaction and, and they want a connection a, a genuine connection with the person they're there and it's up to them to decide how long they want that connection you know I, I used to want to dictate that but now I'm like, no, let them dictate how long they want to be with me, how long they want to stick around. Like, I'm here. I'm always here. So if you want to come, then come. Then, but I'm going to keep doing me because I got this plan A. 
And you might be part of it down the line, but as of now, I got these priorities I got to take care of. And I have these friends I got to make and I have these connections I want to do. And so my podcast has always been a way for me to just shed light on my process, shed light on the truth of the world, shed light on um, beliefs that work and that have helped me evolve and survive and thrive. And so hopefully when you listen to this podcast, what you are open to listen to is ideas that are going to help me live longer and live with prosperity. And let me learn from Edgardo's mistakes that we all don't do them. You know, that's what I hope you get out of this podcast is, and then also I'll be interviewing people like, you know, and see how they made success because success is self mastery. Success is self-determined success is self-defined like you define success for what you want like what success is different for different people you know and then there's success that is good for society once it's yours and you present to society is good other success that you believe is good might not be beneficial to society like Howard Stern was joking around earlier about people that do puzzles. Like, how is that successful? Like, you're just taking a picture that you ripped apart. Might as well just rip the base or, you know, people find satisfaction in puzzling. And then that's funny because I have a puzzle and I'm like, wait a minute. Why do I like a puzzle? Like, I like the idea of putting a great picture together. And I think what it is, is that well, he's like, why don't you just learn how to paint? And I'm like, oh, you know what? I think puzzle is like... A cheap a plan B you know it's like a plan B thing but then I'm like wait a minute no man that's like you gotta start defining reality for what you want to define it what's a puzzle to you and for me a puzzle is like a pastime it's like someone did this painting that I might not ever draw so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put it together because I don't want to draw that painting what I want to draw is my own canvas is my own art and if someone wants to take away, take apart my art one day and buy, buy a, a, a jigsaw puzzle and put it back together, then they can do that. You know, you know what I mean? Like there is not one person paints the same thing over. There, I mean, computers can print out the picture, but authenticity is real. Like that person can't paint. I, I really love art. Like that, per, I'm not going to paint something that I've seen before that someone else painted already. What I want to paint is something original that I want to paint. And so when I learn art and when you guys see my painting, because I like scribbling, I like doodling, but I really do want to see some classes where I learn real, real art. Maybe someone's going to take a jigsaw machine and do jigsaw out of my paintings because they want to put them together and that's going to be satisfying, but they're not going to be able to recreate what I recreate. They can do art type Eddie, like Eddie's like an homage to Eddie's art. Like I'm not going to paint a Van Gogh, but I can paint Van Gogh type pictures, you know, or I'm not going to paint a uh, Picasso, but I'm going to paint Picasso type pictures. You know what I'm saying? Like I respect that. And that's where I come with, like come with puzzles. Like I'm not going to paint that painting again. So what I want to do is at least put it together with these puzzle pieces because it's kind of fun. It's like, it's, it's like I find some satisfaction in putting these and then feeling the click and then, and then, oh, it fits. And then making the puzzle piece. And, and then now I have this art piece that I didn't create with a brush. I, 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 I brought it back together. I gave it life. You know what I mean? Like people forgot about this painting. And, but it's in the box. Like you never forget about it. It's in the box. Yeah. Well, there's some satisfaction to, putting someone else's painting like they're presenting themselves like it's like almost their idea coming to life in my in my table you know 
I'm getting to see how they, you know, got to, I don't know. Like, I, I do know. I got to see their their painting get born on my table through a different process, you know? It's, I think the word is aloquio or soliloquy. I, I don't know what the word I'm thinking about right now. Aloquio. It's colloquio. Is it one of those three words? It might have been one of those three words. Colloquio, colloquio, soliloquy of a metaphor or something like that. <laughs> Anywho, it's been two minutes. We're at two minutes and one, uh, two hours and one minute. So I uh, love you guys. Have a good night. I wish you the best in all your endeavors. Learn from your mistakes. Believe in forgiveness, redemption. Heal yourself first before you enter reality again. And realize that there is karma. Do your best to pay for your karma. Research all the facts you can. And if you don't have the facts at hand, at least tell people like I do. Hey, I'm just going off memory. Fact check me if you want to. Maybe I need a fact checker in my team on Edgardo's podcast. That'd be cool. I have a fact checker on the team. Anywho, love you. Take chances. Live long and prosper. Stay well. Stay healthy. Take your vitamins. Drink your water. Do homework. Google any questions you have. Bing any questions you have. Ask Jeeves. You remember Ask Jeeves? Anyways. All right. Love you. Hugs and kisses. Mwah. Bye. episode and this podcast always brought to you by Sadimza Consulting. Sadimza Consulting, your one-stop shop for private investigation, for finding your lost cat, and for being there in your corner. You need someone to consult you. You need a life coach. You need someone to help you find your lost dog. You hit up Sadimza Consulting right now. Hit them up on their email. That's sadimza at gmail.com. Sadimza, it's spelled Z-O-D-E-I-M-S-A, Sadimza Consulting, there for you when you need it. You know, every now and then people go through life, you want answers, you don't have time to look for them, you have a busy life, you pay my man, he will do the work for you while you're out there doing your 9 to 5 or chasing your dream, and he'll come back with you with the honest report, the truth. Long ago, woke up long ago. My 
spirituality, singularity, magic. I've been living a life, traveling the light, feeling so bright. It's my time tonight, shining than anything else I have ever seen. I just hold to my knees and pray, God, please, please, oh. Take a minute. 
I wake up in the morning feeling so fresh Not trying to impress but I tell you I am the best I write my rhymes in my brain and I spit them fast Yeah, I just feel with the woman I just chill all the way Alright guys, I gotta go, bye Enjoy the rest of the song Stop believing. I forgive myself, and that was the first step. Hopefully, you forgive yourself too. your cold, I just want your hood, everything is mine, man, I'm so icon, the classic, I am lost, but I am found, man, I'm just waiting baskets, ah, just freestyling at the end, I don't know, the way to just get on the microphone, and now I'm not home alone, I'm chilling at this mall, and I know that I'll be okay, I'll be okay, I'll be okay, you'll be okay.